The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Payoff Pitch. It is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Payoff Pitch is now presented by BetMGM. Thanks to BetMGM. They've been on board now the last couple of weeks. If you are new to the program or if you need a refresher, we are here every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season, wherever you get your podcasts. Brendan Glasheen, your host with Sean Zarillo. He's normally uh, here with us, as well as Colin Whitchurch. But in for Colin again today, Anthony DeBundo. 17-game slate, fellas. Two doubleheaders, Pirates-Reds, Rays-Blue Jays. Got to get these makeup games in as we hit the midway point of September. Just about playoff races heating up. And just to kind of tease what we have coming down the line, everybody, we will have plenty of shows once the playoffs start. We'll have multiple days of coverage. It won't just be the Tuesday-Friday thing. It will be adjusted based on the playoff schedule. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to find out if we're going to fade the public today. Underdog Sean and Anthony are on and is uh, their final bets as well before we go. But we will start with best bets. Just go out there and try to have fun, you know. You know, having fun is the name of the game. Hey, you trying to make an ass of me? Get on that bag! Sean Zarillo, a lot to choose from today. What jumps out to you for a best bet? Going to the bullpen game for the Milwaukee Brewers, especially after a day off with everybody rested, like them both for the first five innings and the full game against the Cardinals here, down to about plus 160. Everybody should be rested. As I said, the Brewers fifth in expected fifth this year in their bullpen, seventh in strikeout minus walk rate, obviously traded away Josh Hader at the deadline. But since the deadline, they're fourth and sixth, respectively, in those same two categories. Compare that to the Cardinals, 20th in expected FIP on the season, 23rd in strikeout minus walk rate. And again, since the trade deadline, 20th, 26th respectively. So a big bullpen advantage for the Brewers, again, with everybody rested. The concern here for Milwaukee is the offensive split going against the left-handed starter. They rank eighth against righties. They're about 
and better than league average. But against lefties, they're 14% below average and ranked 26. So going to need a low-scoring game here probably in order to take it. Actually, be under eight. I believe it's moved down to seven and a half. If it pops back up, eight minus 112. Definitely a play for me as well because I do need and see a low-scoring game playing out with this Brewers bullpen. But I think this line should just be much closer given Milwaukee's ability to shut the Cardinals down potentially for nine innings and take a low-scoring game here. So the Brewers down to about plus 160 in either half in addition to the under eight at minus 112. Okay, right now on BetMGM, 155 for the first five, plus 150 for the full game. So we'll see if we get any movement as the day rolls on. Anthony DeBundo, how about a best bet for us today? Yeah, I'm going to take the San Diego Padres in the first five innings against the Seattle Mariners. You Darvish against Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert has one of the hardest hit rates of all pitchers who meet the qualified threshold, according to Baseball Savant, uh, 46.2%. He has gotten away with some pretty mediocre peripherals, too. And so that's why I'm a little bit uh, concerned about him and and maybe concerned about him going forward into the playoffs as well. So, you know, 3.2 ERA on its face looks excellent. But then you look at the strikeout minus walk. Uh, he's under nine strikeouts per nine. He's over two walks per nine, which is not bad. His command is fine. But that combined with hard hit rate suggests he's not missing bats and he's getting hit hard and the regression is coming. XERA is over four. The matchup against you Darvish here, the biggest problem for you Darvish's entire career has been the long ball. This season, you Darvish, career low, 1.07 home runs per nine innings. Uh, pretty impressed by how he's been able to keep the ball in the yard a little bit better. Uh, His ground ball rate is down too. So, you know, there could be a little bit of noise in that and that, you know, he just had fewer home runs leave the yard, but he could be someone who's also benefiting from the deadened ball. And that's very possible. So Darvish is a better pitcher uh, based on strikeout minus walk rate, based on stuff plus, based on his home run rate being improved. And I think I've got the better lineup with the Padres as well. So I like them. Uh, You can find the minus 103 in the first five innings right now. I like that. Very good. So those are our best bets for, again, it's a big slate, 17 games, but we we would be remiss not to talk about Jacob DeGrom. He is starting today for the Mets, and that is where we get to fade the public. 84% of the bets, the actual total of bets, and 96% of the money coming in on the Mets. DeGrom taking on Sampson of the Cubs. He's had a nice year. Sampson's one of the better young pitchers in the game. I mean, this is where, again, I I just learning so much from being with both of you, Colin, all season long, I see a plus 300 number on a decent pitcher on the other side, but I realize it's Jacob DeGrom. Zerillo, are you going to ride with DeGrom, your your guy today, or are you going to take the Cubs? Yeah, I bet on Samson a lot this year. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast, been one of the podcast favorites uh, I did bet the Mets at minus 350 for the first five last night. I projected that at minus 400. It has moved up to minus 400. I would need plus 375 to bet the Cubs on the full game money line. I will look to bet them live if this is tied 1-1, if they're down maybe even a run after five innings, six innings, once the Grom pitch count is getting up towards 100 and it looks like he's coming out. I can make an argument that Jacob DeGrom is underrated. This guy is phenomenal. He's made 22 starts since last year. He has a 126 ERA. You might think, oh, 126, he's gotten lucky. Batters left on base, batting average. No, he has a 128 FIP. He has a 163 expected FIP. His expected ERA last year was 1.5. This year it's 1.8. His strikeout minus walk rate is 40%. That's like 15% better than any other starting pitcher. Edwin Diaz this year, who's having a historic year for a reliever, is at 41% for his strikeout minus walk rate. So Jacob DeGrom is Edwin Diaz for seven innings. And then you get to bring in Edwin Diaz too. 
Uh, Andres Munoz, by the way, 33%. He's the second highest reliever, second highest pitcher in baseball. So Jacob deGrom is like 7% better than the most elite reliever aside from the guy in his own team. How do you bet against deGrom here? You need, you need to win one, nothing essentially in the first five innings in order to beat him. Uh, I would look at the Cubs. I said full game if it gets up to plus 375, but yeah, it's, it's like tough to bet against Jacob deGrom. He projects so well. I, it, shocks me when I put some of these numbers into my model, I can spit out like a minus 550 first five favorite on him sometimes. So DeGrom elite kind of breaking my model in some ways. Plus 333 Chicago first five Cubs or uh, Mets minus 450. Looking at BetMGM right now. And then full game Chicago plus 310 Mets minus 400. Um, wow, that's uh, that's something. Normally I'm, I'm not used to Cirillo saying passing on fading the public. Anthony, are you going to be so daring to look at the Cubs or do you, do you like Zerillo need to wait or is there another angle here? Yeah, I thought Zerillo was going to, was going to bite on some Cubs, uh, but I understand his love for DeGrom. I know he's bet DeGrom F fives a couple of times uh, the last you know month or so. Uh, I'm going to take the plus one and a half on the Cubs. And this really is, you know, Adrian Sampson love. He doesn't have great stuff. He's not going to strike out a ton of guys, but 71st percentile and barrel rate. Oh, well, excellent hard hit rate percentiles. Location plus numbers 102, which is solidly above average for starters. Uh, he can give me five innings and give up one or two runs here. And if that is the case, I will take my chances with a plus one and a half at minus 110. So I like the plus one and a half on the Cubs in the first five innings. I do agree with uh, Zerillo that, you know, of course, when DeGrom comes out of this game, it gets a little tighter in terms of the projection, but the Cubs bullpen is a heart attack waiting to happen at this moment. So uh, that's a very scary. Uh, they, they, Barely escaped last night with some, you know, bases loaded, no out jam in the eighth and uh, and gave up another homer in the ninth. So there's always trouble and they used all their high leverage guys last night and they weren't good to begin with. So there's some concerns with the Cubs bullpen here. But Samson, again, like I said, you know, he, he's not a three, five, three, six pitcher, which he has right now, probably closer to four ERA. But again, I like the location numbers. I like that he avoids barrels and hard hit rate. And, you know, maybe the Mets will single him to death. But his command is decent, too. So I think he's going to avoid the free passes and, and keep this game competitive. Okay. Complete 180, like you said, with the Cubs bullpen before the trade deadline. They, they ship some guys out, as we've discussed on this podcast. Um, how often does that happen, by the way, getting a, a run and a half in the first five? I mean, I Jacob DeGrom is that exception. Out the entire bullpen. Uh, yeah, it, it is pretty rare. You'll see that with some really, really terrible pitchers sometimes going up against the Dodgers. Uh, where there'll be a huge favorite when, you know, say Kershaw's on the mound or one of the, one of the better pitchers, but what a plus money at, on it. Right. Right. A pitcher as good as Samson. Uh, that's pretty shocking to me. I know Zerillo got a plus one and a half. It was Josiah gray, Adam Wainwright the other day. And that was, that was, uh, that was, was a wild pretty, ride. That was, that was a pretty shocking line as well. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's still, it's still one baseball game. It's still five innings. The Cubs could hit one Homer and I'd feel very, very strongly about my plus one and a half. So I think uh, that's where I'll be tonight. Love it. All right. There you go. So if you're looking for something to do here on this Tuesday night, I mean, Cubs, Mets, I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by it. After and that go Cubs. I mean, they, the Mets keep losing. The Braves keep losing. Nobody wants to win the NL East apparently. Let's move on to uh, our favorite underdogs of the day. So Anthony likes the Cubs a little bit. He's not going to take them on the money line, but he likes them on the, on the first five run line. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Zerillo? Uh-huh. What dog stands out to you? 
Yeah, the San Francisco Giants of both halves. Anthony just talked about the Braves not wanting to win the NL East. They keep dropping games anytime the Mets drop a game, but the Giants plus 126 for the first five, plus 134 full game. Those would be my price targets and my cutoff points. I was surprised at how comparable Jacob Junis and Kyle Wright are in their underlying metrics. Junis 386 expected ERA, Wright 3.9. Wright's expected FIP about 0.3 runs better, but very close and both around 16% in terms of a strikeout minus walk rate. So across the board, these guys are very similar. Junis's pitch mix is hilarious though, because he throws a slider 52% of the time and the Braves are top four in value against sliders. So they can hit his best pitch. They can hit the pitch that he's going to throw very frequently, but I still think this line is a bit wide considering the underlying metrics of the pitchers and the way the bullpens match up as well. So the, the Giants in both halves for me, compared to under underdog plays that we put out on this podcast, not my favorite bet because of that slider stuff, but I still think it's worth betting the Giants another half. Giants Braves, one of the last games to uh, to start tonight. That's at 9.45 Eastern time. Anthony, how about yourself? I feel like you're going to go to a team here you, you, you've talked about quite a bit on this, uh, on this podcast since you've come on the last couple episodes. Well, you know, last week, the, the Oakland Athletics cost us a full sweep of, on the pod. I know Sean was very unhappy about it. Uh, the, they blew a three-run lead in the ninth, I believe, or two-run lead. Awesome. Uh, oh, so we, were, oh, we yeah. were very close to hitting both, our, both of our best bets and our underdogs. Uh, and then, of course, on Friday, the A's, A.J. Puck, the officially most hated reliever of the Action Network MLB Slack channel, uh, had is his this, say. So just, just to refresh my memory, is this Zerillo part of the uh, the collection now called Add It to the List? Oh, yes. Yes. And, yes. A, you know, A.J. Puck uh, would have a few more if I had started this collection earlier. He blew a game against the Yankees earlier this year in horrific fashion as well. So yeah, A.J. Puck, as Anthony said, uh, should be sent to prison for the things he's done this year. <laughs> Somehow he has a 2.8 ERA or whatever, but every time we need him to come through for us, he is the worst reliever in baseball. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. Cause then I look at his stats and his, and his like metrics and he's like a very good reliever who probably will be closing again next year for Oakland. Uh, but he's not been when we needed him. So uh, let's talk uh, this game, which I like the eights. Uh, they're on the road in Texas, Oakland, Ken Waldachuk. They acquired him from the Yankees in the Frankie Montas trade. I am a big fan of Waldachuk. Uh, 106 stuff plus that puts him up there with some pretty good pitchers. Namely, you know, you look relievers, Camilo Doval, uh, Aaron Nola is right around there. Ryan Pepio, who we know has great stuff, but doesn't command it. So there's some pretty good pitchers in that collection of crew that he's alongside with. Uh, and then you look at Cole Reagan's and it's pretty ugly down at 84. His command is terrible. Uh, Waldachuk is a significantly better starting pitcher. And I know that the Rangers are in their better split here, but at least for the first five innings, uh, I think Waldeshuk was well underpriced last night. It was as high as plus 125. It's come down to about plus 110. I still like it. Anything plus 110 or better, then I'd stop playing it. Uh, I like Oakland in the first five innings. I'm avoiding AJ Puck, but I, yeah, I like Waldeshuk here, and hopefully the the rookie comes through. Okay, he's uh, he's got a great name. It's a great last name, Waldeshuk. That, that is phenomenal. All right, so there you go. There are our underdog plays. We like the A's in the first five, and we got the Giants, both teams out uh, out west. There you go. Uh, okay, before we wrap it up, we always get to our final bets of the day. And as a reminder, you can find Sean Zarello, Anthony DeBundo on the Action Network app. That's where they log all of their picks, where they're looking, what books specifically. And, uh, of course, we encourage you with BetMGM. We've referenced their lines throughout the show today. But also, um, what numbers to bet to. Uh, those are always important as well, not just, just tail blindly. So uh, we'll let Zarello go first. Then, Anthony, final bets. 
Yeah, Red Sox, Yankees, Garrett Cole, not officially confirmed as of the time of recording this, but is expected to start tonight for the Yankees. I like the Red Sox, though, down to plus 155 for the first five innings and plus 140 for the full game. I don't mind betting on Nick Pavetta. You know what he is. He's a solid, consistent, low fours ERA kind of guy. Not going to do anything elite, but probably going to give you an honest effort each time out. Yankees have scored 10 runs in back-to-back games. Obviously, they were in that huge funk beforehand. Got Giancarlo Stanton. Got Josh Donaldson back, but the five through nine spots in their lineup are still a bit underwhelming. I actually project the Red Sox as having the better offense than the Yankees, top to bottom. Yankees better defense, which kind of washes it out. So you really just take the difference in the starting pitchers, and that gives me enough value to bet Boston here. So again, plus 155 first five, plus 140, full game on Boston. The Nationals and the Orioles. Uh, I like the Nationals. Corey Abbott, 334 expected fifth through 32 innings. His projections were closer to five, so he has outperformed them drastically. Washington's offense, though, has been the key for them since the deadline. They've actually put up an above-average WRC plus 101. They rank 15th. The team right behind them is the Baltimore Orioles. Their bullpen isn't bad either, and they're playing good defense with C.J. Abrams up the middle now. He made an absolutely tremendous double play the other day that should have been a base hit up the middle that he somehow turned into a double play. Uh, Freakish stuff from Abrams, but yeah, the Nationals offense has been tremendous. They keep scoring runs. They fall behind. They come back, so I really don't mind betting the Nationals lately. I thought it was a team I was going to have to stop betting down the stretch based on how they performed beforehand, and I somehow keep betting them, and finally I'm turning a profit on the Nats, so... Nats down to plus 135 is a play for me. And then my favorite total on the board, the Angels and the Guardians, the unders, particularly the first five under four and a half. I like that down to forward even money, but also the under eight, you can bet to minus 110. I like Jose Suarez a lot. 3.7 expected ERA, four expected FIP. And as I mentioned yesterday on Green Dot Daily, anytime you can catch Cleveland in their lesser split against left-handed pitching, you definitely want to find either an under or a way to bet against them. Uh, 12th against righties, they're about 3% above league average, but against lefties, they're 20% below league average. I know they hit Detmers yesterday. Hopefully Suarez can shut them down today. I think this is a decent matchup for him, and I think he's an underrated starter. Okay, and Green Dot Daily is at noon Eastern uh, every day on our Action Network platforms, Twitter, YouTube, uh, noon Eastern time. You can catch Zarillo uh, at some points during the week. What are your final two bets, Anthony? So if we go back, way back, I think I gave it out on this pod or at least on the live show, and it was a White Sox Rockies over, and they proceeded to tie a record for the most double plays that were hit into in the game, uh, and it stayed under, <laughs> despite there being like three runners on in every single inning. Uh, well, now we're back. We're not at cores anymore, so that hurts. Uh, but we are at uh, in Chicago, and the total is a little bit low for me at eight. Chad Cool was a first half candidate where we were all like, is Chad Cool really good? Like, what's going on here with Chad Cool? Uh, the second half has shown that that is not uh, exactly the case. He's uh, regressed pretty hard. Stuff Plus doesn't like him. His locations have fallen off. He's getting hit much harder. And the White Sox lineup has had a bit of a wake up in the last week. We look at Michael Kopech, a pitcher that I think I faded every single start down the stretch here. Uh, his his stuff has not been the same this year. His command has always been an issue. It's continued to be an issue. And one interesting thing, and, and still remains true, even if it's not quite in the huge outfield at cores, is that these are the two worst outfield defenses by outs above average in all of baseball. So I like the over eight here uh, in this game. And then I, I haven't decided if I'm going to bet it. I need to build the courage throughout the day. We have a late start tonight out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I actually 
almost perfectly predicted exactly what was going to happen in the Arizona game last night where I said, Ryan Nelson's going to shove. And then the minute he comes out of the game, the Arizona bullpen is going to implode. I texted Sean. I said, uh, Kyle Nelson's in the game. Here comes the implosion. And I didn't, I wasn't watching it, but I looked five minutes later and the the Dodgers had bases loaded with nobody out. So uh, they completely imploded in the seventh, uh, kept hitting in the double plays against Tyler Anderson. If you have the stomach to back him, I like Merrill in the first five against Kershaw. I, I think Merrill, you know, he's had his struggles against the Dodgers in the past, but somehow, some way, he's had an ERA below three this year. He's been a revelation. We have gotten plenty wrong and plenty right this year. The one thing I am proud to say that we got right was the Merrill Kelly uh, season. He's been incredible for the D-backs. And they are one of the most profitable first five teams in all of baseball, which kind of gets at the point. They're starting pitching with Gallon and uh, you know, now even Ryan Nelson and Merrill Kelly has been good. And then that bullpen, man, oof. Plus 155 on the first five line at BetMGM. Yeah, and you could take plus a half and, you know, maybe. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not betting them full game, but I may bet them first five. I haven't decided yeah. yet. Well, and to your point, you're not really getting much value on the full game. You're only getting plus 165. You're not getting, you're only getting 10 cents more there. Yeah, and a it came that, down from plus one eighty ish last night. So it seems right. like the market's moving their way, but I would say the first five is probably the way to go at this point. That's gonna do it for us today on Payoff Pitch. Again, we'll join you on Friday this week to get you set for the day and night in Major League Baseball for Sean Zarillo, Anthony DeBundo, Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch presented by BetMGM. So long, and Anthony, I didn't forget this time. Go son. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.